Zimbraconda is a proud supporter of Wisconsin Badger Athletics. If you're looking to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Honda, buy local. Part of the Madison community since 1973, Zimbraconda's customer service is second to none. Experience it today for yourself. Shop local. Shop Zimbraconda. What a very special time for me. So we kicked off DeWitt Law Firm Q&A Day with a simple question that I asked, which is, what's wrong with the Badgers? Here to help us figure that out, or to just flat out tell us, because he's an expert. You hear him on the Big Ten Network. More importantly, you hear him each weekday alongside Greg Scalzo on Scalzo and Brust. It is Ben Brust on Wilde and Tausch. Benjamin, good morning. How are you? I am so much better now. Um, I am currently on some internal... Training And it's one of those training sessions scheduled 930 to noon in which very kind lady is taking us through some very important things, but it's very monotonous and like I'll be paying attention, at least trying to pay attention. And then 10 seconds later, 50 things will have happened in those 10 seconds and I missed it. And then I'm just lost in, in a dazed and confused state. So this is this is like recess for me um, for the internal training. So thank you for having me on. Well, it it may be recess for he you. Sounds but like we're Jesse gonna... Nelson. I thought I closed my eyes there. I thought that was Jesse Nelson. I was just talking. Come on, really? Am I crazy or not, Je- Jason? Come on, really? You're not crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. Uh, recently, uh, Greg Scalzo was out on an edition of. Oh, that was my Scalzo favorite episode of that show. I tuned in. It was fantastic. And I was on the program for the Lottery of Punishment, yep. and I swear to you that I couldn't tell when it was Ben you, and when it was voice. Jesse who was talking yes. to me. Yep. It was challenging, to say the least. Have uh, we punished Jesse yet? Because we need to make sure that he goes through with his punishments, because uh, he is supposed to be handcuffed for the entirety of a Wilde and Tau show. And if I know him, he's trying to do everything to skate by that. So, Brusty, I don't know if we have authority because that's obviously on your show. You guys control that. Uh, Jason and I both want him. He has a Brett Favre jersey that's way too small that will come, like be one of those you know those old football jerseys where you could show your whole belly. We want Jesse yeah. to wear that for the entire show. Is that okay if we or if you want to keep the handcuffs, which that's fine? Can you put that into your? Uh, bowl of Wheel of Punishment so that we can keep that for Jesse next time he inevitably loses when he's hosting for you guys. We at Scalzo and Brust are very pro-negotiating any way in which Jesse Nelson can be punished, which is kind of the feeling that I had when Jason joined our show. Um, The way the lottery of punishment works on Scalzo and Brust is the hosts get to ask Jason one question and the loser has to do a punishment. Well, for once, Greg and I asked really, really good questions. And that meant that he answered both, and we got to punish Jesse. So we're, we're pro-punishing Jesse Nelson. Jesse's the most polarizing figure in ESPN Wisconsin. Is that fair to say? Wow. Whoa! Rebut that? Impressive. Nice. Uh, polarizing, no. No, I just... Uh... No, everybody agrees you're annoying. Yeah, there you go. Pretty cool. <laughs> All right, Benny. We, as much as we'd love to sit here and talk Jesse Nelson, which is Jesse's... That's exactly what Jesse's hoping for. Uh, let's get to the Badgers. We we we're you know coming into the season have 
everybody back from last year, big expectations. Season starts kind of how everybody thought it would. And now what are we seeing and why are we seeing it? So what you're seeing right now is a lifeless Badger team. I think I think if you just look at the way that they're playing in, in, in group texts with former Badger players, that's what is really being talked about is how there's no energy, there's no connectivity. And if you play the style that Wisconsin Badger basketball plays, where you're going to limit the amount of times that you're having possessions, you have to be very efficient. Yesterday, they were 8 of 36 from 2. 8 of 36 from 2. And then there's like a stat each game that comes out, and and the one that was talked about was how Potter and Reavers had zero rebounds against Michigan. Then against Illinois in their loss, Kofi Coburn had nine dunks. I mean, nine dunks. Like I'm I'm thinking to myself, I want to text Coach Guard. I don't know if it's safe to have others in COVID, but you used to be able to go in and practice with the team once or twice a year. I want to go in there and, like, like start a fight with somebody and see if they have a heartbeat because it feels lifeless. It feels like they don't enjoy playing with each other because um, it's evident by just the fact that they won eight straight games last year to win a share of the Big Ten title. And Mark Tauscher, you said it. They brought just about everyone back, and the expectations were there. And here we go, a classic year of high expectations in the preseason for any Wisconsin team, and, and it's not lived up to. This is who they are, right, unfortunately. So no- like, like, this is who they are. They've played the best co- competition in the Big Ten, and they've been embarrassed by that competition. So I, the, the optimist in me would say that Greg Gard has always handled adversity better than any coach that I've seen in a long time, thinking about what they went through last year as a team and finding a way. I mean, he was, he was, there was a fire guard crowd that, that got really loud at one point early on in the season. Next thing you know, he's the 2020 Big Ten Coach of the Year. So we're one year removed from Coach Guard being the Big Ten Coach of the Year. So it's hard for me to say that they won't hopefully figure this out because there is a minimal amount of time to do so before the NCAA tournament. But it, it doesn't feel great and it doesn't look great. And I don't see energy. I don't see. I don't see a collective cohesion. So Benny, why? And to answer the second part of my question, why? I understand there's no crowd. I get that. And energy is has to be brought by yourself, but there comes a point where it, it you figure that part of it out. Why is it the? I guess you said lack of energy and flat, whatever, however you want to phrase it. Why? So somebody brought this up to me, and, I, and I'm not going to take credit for it because I thought it was an interesting point. When you think about all the experience that we just talked about, think about what their experiences are. Think about how cool it would have been in that eight-game winning streak last year in front of fans, winning on the road at Indiana, one of the toughest places to play in the Big Ten to get a share of the Big Ten title, and coming home with the Big Ten trophy and having fans greet you and love you. And now your senior year experience, and uh, there is opportunities to have guys come back because the eligibility rule is changing. But just think about, like, the, the, the change in experience, and it, it, and I'm not making an excuse, but I also haven't played basketball in a pandemic, so I can't speak for what these guys are feeling. And on the, on the surface, and they're going to probably tell you in the media, we just need to you know do this, do that, do the other thing, but they're probably emotionally just not excited to play in front of nobody. The stage probably feels a little bit less, and 
Uh, how you overcome that, I wish I knew, but I don't because I've never played in a pandemic. And it just it does feel different. Everything's felt different. Every sport, not just college basketball, has felt different. The only sport that I think that has felt close to resembling anything like it used to is the NFL. And that's the only sport I felt like when I watched, I was like, oh, this feels normal. Every other sport is not the same. So I'll go with the answer of it's unprecedented. So I don't know how to answer. Okay. Well, you don't know how to answer that, but just looking on the court, take the energy out of it, which it sounds crazy to even think, what the rotations, it, to me, and granted, I'm a football guy, it doesn't feel like people know what their roles are. It doesn't feel like there's an understanding of, all right, this is what you're supposed to do. It feels like people are still trying to figure that out. Am I crazy? You're not crazy, but again, the lack of connectivity is, is, is there. Like Nate Reavers is the all-time leading shot blocker in Wisconsin history, but yet yesterday I'm watching him on defense just get bullied and, and his man got an offensive rebound and a putback. And it's just, it's just little stuff like that. You mentioned, Mark, that they're, that they're not doing. Everyone wants to sort of be something that they're not. Brett Davison, you know, and, and, and he's a, a, I said polarizing about Jesse earlier. Brad's probably way more polarizing than Jesse. Um, is the worst in the country from two-point field goal percentage. He shoots 25% from two, and there's only five people in the country other than him that are below 30%. And so you're, you're literally just getting all of these different things and not being able to put it together. Demetri Trice is the only player from last year, in my opinion, who got better. Like, he's the only player who got better, and, and I think Tyler Wall has as well, but you can't rely on a role player like that to take over for your team. Jonathan Davis is super exciting. Everyone loves watching him play, but ultimately in those big games, you've seen him have freshman moments. He was one of nine from the floor last year. So they're not connected. And that is for the coach to figure out how to motivate them and how to get them to believe in each other. Cause the, the feeling that I get, and I think it goes of, of is more important of missed rotations and, and all that is they're, they don't gel as a team and it, and it, I don't I don't know the inside of the of the locker room, but it does not feel like they enjoy playing with each other. And that is when you miss assignments. That is when you you have guys get an offensive rebound because you're not enjoying who you're playing with. You're not committing yourself to make sure that I do my job because I don't want to let the guy down to my right, as you would know. You want to do your job at at, um, at at tackle or guard. You know you you want to make sure the guy next to you knows you're going to do that. And I, I don't feel that with this team. And you definitely want to do your job at three-technique tackle, which we can break down a little bit later in the program. Talking with our good friend Ben Brust about Badgers basketball. And, Ben, I'm glad you brought up Brad Davison because I wanted to ask you about him. We were talking about him uh, before we had you on. I know you were focused on your uh, video in-service that you were watching, but you must have been listening because you heard something Tausch had said earlier. What do you make of Brad Davison's seemingly eight years of eligibility at Wisconsin? How do you view his entire body of work? That's a great question. Unfortunately, like the more that he plays basketball, he is off the court, the nicest kid in the world, polite, does everything the right way, but on the court, when you are consistently, and I mean consistently 
the main product of a monitor review of an elbow to the face. It just gets old. And that's unfortunately the way that it's that he is being portrayed um, as sort of not his legacy, but how he's thought of. Um, he was thrown into a tough situation with a ton of injuries as a freshman, and and had to be a scorer, and really something he's not. And look, he he has not been a, a efficient offensive player, and he yeah he's taken a lot of charges, but defensively he's not a great on-ball defender and I don't I'm not trying to pick on Brad cuz uh, a lot of the, a lot but a lot of this he's brought to the forefront on himself is always being in the mix of every review and sooner or later when you are the product of of every negative play like it, it, coincidences stop being coincidence when it happens all the time Hmm. Benny, if you're Greg Gard and with this rule of everybody can come back, nobody can come back, who are you bringing back next year if you're Gardo? There's one that I say right away, you you have to bring back Micah Potter, you know, because I feel like it's a perfect sort of opportunity for a guy that was absolutely out of what's the correct word to use there without hosed? Um, you know, yeah, hosed getting dumped. Yes, bam. He, he was really messed with in terms of his eligibility as you saw a lot of other players and transfers get waivers and he didn't and so he can get that year of eligibility back Demetri Trice is 24 years old like sooner or later if I'm him and I'm 24 I kind of want to move on from college um like you mentioned like uh, Brad Davison's been there forever really Micah Potter is the only one that I feel like I'd want to bring back, especially if the season ends this way. You need to build a culture, and if this is what the culture is, I wouldn't want to bring this culture back. Ooh, okay. Last one, and I'm uh, really interested in this because you're not only a Wisconsin basketball expert, Big Ten Benny Garza from Iowa. Big game last night. How big is is he? Six ten? How tall is he? He's six nine, six ten. Yep. Okay. Tell me I'm crazy. How is he going to fit in the NBA? He is, a, is he going to be able to guard? Obviously, he can play offensively. Will he be a lottery pick? Where is he going to fit NBA-wise? He won't be drafted in the first round because of his production. Really? Um, and how he's able to shoot from distance at 6'9", 6'10". And he can score. He's getting a little bit better um, with the basketball in his hands. But ultimately, he's not a long-term NBA player. I think he will get a shot. And it's evident when you really? when you see him. Uh, so I, I'm way into watching too much college basketball. There was a picture frame of Kofi Coburn, the guy on Illinois, who's seven foot one and two seventy, and looks like he's the strongest man alive. He was standing next to Luca Garza, and I'm like, well, there's my example. There are thirty Kofi Coburns in the NBA that are longer long and maybe even more athletic and better defenders than Kofi Coburn. And that's where it's like, I, I don't know where he fits long-term. Uh, I, I don't even think he's the best player in the conference. I think I would assume the guard from Illinois is the best player in the Big Ten Conference. All right, Benny. Uh, so if he's not going to be a first-round pick in the NBA, is he somebody – I feel like he could be a tight end in the NFL. I'd like to. Do you think I'm crazy to think that maybe he should take the Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates route and go play tight end in the NFL? I mean, if you want him to be more of a Mercedes Lewis uh, tight end, you know, more of a blocker, I don't see six ten Luca Garza going seam routes up the middle and 
and catching it. He, he does, have you watched him run up and down the floor? I haven't. And you, no. you, you think that's a guy that you're gonna you're gonna send on a route? I don't know. He I, lumbers. He's a lumberer. Okay. He'd be, he'd be more of a of a trenches guy next to you, you know, helping oh. you on somebody coming from the outside than he would be a, a pass catcher. Gotcha. Benny, that's great insight ben, today, bud. Ben, I, I mean this uh, absolutely sincerely. You are so good at this stuff, and we so appreciate it when you enlighten us and give us insight. You're not afraid to say some things that um, are tough. Tough love from Ben Brust. Uh, again, it's always great to have you on. Thanks for making time for us. Now get back to learning how to no, uh, no, no. enter your can days I, can I off. Longer? I don't want to go back to the, the monotonous training. In fairness, it sounds like you weren't paying attention before we called you because you oh, were listening burn. to the show. Betty, so. getting after Benny. Hey, hey, Jesse, stop being you. <laughs> so, can we schedule on our show... A round of Ben or Jesse and have them say certain things and have a contested guess. Yes, I think we can do that. Yes, I think that's something we – it would be easy. Have Jesse breaking down Big Big Ten basketball and have Ben do bowling. And then we'll throw that out there, that, and we could have contestants call in. Bam, this is our next – that will be our next episode of Benny or Jesse. Benny, we'll Time work on that. Will the in-house trivia? <laughs> I wore the Whoa, same shirt two days in a row. All right, Ben. Thanks, buddy. See ya. That is our friend and teammate Ben Brust, who bears some audio resemblance to Jesse Nelson.